0: The following program is brought to you by Mind's Eye, the virtual newsstand.
1: Welcome to 501 Crossroads, your show all about nonprofits and the people that make the mission happen. I'm Marjorie Moore, Executive Director of Mind's Eye, and my personal mission is to make nonprofits stronger by identifying and fixing the rubs that so often come up between people and the mission. And we have my fabulous co-host,
0: Natalie Jablonski, the Nonprofit Ninja. Specializing in helping nonprofits maximize their time, talent, and resources in order to achieve organizational greatness. Hey, Marjorie. Hey, we Get have a wine on, on one. So excited. I think I'm excited about wine on ones, not just for our listeners, because they're more uh they're spunky. They're kind of off the cuff, uh, but they're all like the things that we say around the table and no one really ever talks about. So mm-hmm. I like that for them. It's kind of empowering. But really, I just want to drink wine.
1: Yeah, I mean, we could take wine every every show, but then we would have to call this like the
0: Drunky Drunk Hour with Marjorie and Natalie, and I don't think we should do that. probably our listeners wouldn't appreciate that as much. (laughs) So what's on your agenda of things we need to talk about? So something that's been on my mind
1: a lot lately is... You know, we have our jobs mm-hmm. that are very clearly defined of what we do, and our employees have their jobs that are very defined of what they do. Job descriptions. Job descriptions. Yes. And then we have all of the things that surround our jobs. Oh,
0: the other duties as assigned?
1: The other duties as assigned, but other organizations as assigned. So like your... Tell me more. Your group of fundraising professionals, maybe okay. your national board of your, you know, of oh, the group that kind of governs things. your thing. Yeah. Your chamber of commerce stuff. Yeah. Your... Um, your kind of ancillary nonprofit that you're super good friends with and you really want that collaborative relationship, so you're on a committee there. Yeah. Those things. And they absorb your time. They're work related.
0: Yeah. They, they make you better. Right. You know, oh, your Rotaries and your Lions Clubs. All good things. Great for our community. So good things for nonprofits to be aligned with. Exactly. Something we want our organizations to say, yeah, we're a part of that. Right. But,
1: how far are they mis- making the mission go forward? How far are they making the employee's career go forward? Mm. Where is that networking in between? And so I thought I thought we'd talk about that that's for a that's while. Because so
0: kind of where does it go from something that's mission focused to distracting us from our mission? Exactly. Yeah, it's there's a, like that's a blurred a, line. A mission creep of network. Yes, because we have, I think you and I've discussed both on the air as well as off the air, how many events and activities that we get invited to. And I'm sure our listeners can appreciate that. There are days where I have so many invitations, I feel like I could make it rain in my office, right? And I'm blessed and grateful. And please don't quit. Don't, don't not invite me. I'd rather you send me an invitation. Uh, But it's just it gets to the point where where do I spend my time? And also not just for the, like the after hours, but what about the things that happen during quote, whatever those defined work hours are? Oh yeah. Like committees that you're meeting. involved. <laughs> yeah. Committees you're involved in or webinars that you want to attend yeah. or uh, professional associations that are aligned with your mission or you as a professional, but yet t- still take you away from. The business of the business hours. Exactly. Because education and networking, I think, are part of almost every
1: nonprofit professional's job. I mean, that's going to be part of what you're doing. You want to grow. We want our employees to grow. Right. How
0: much of that do we want to pay for?
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I think as executives who are listening, I think uh, I empower you that you are executives for a reason, right? You know how to manage your time, balance your time. You know that there is no such thing as really that the clock stops you know, at a certain point, we're always working, we're always networking, that is part of being a, an executive professional nonprofit. I'm curious what your thoughts are, Marjorie, with regards to your staff and your team, because now they're coming to you and saying, Marjorie, I want to be a part of this organization, or I want to go to this meeting, or I want to be on this committee. And at some point, you're like, wait, when are you doing your job? Exactly. So how do you how do you address that with your team? Do they come to you first? Or is that? So I may okay. have just started a whole nother yeah. debacle. <laughs> <laughs> so and that's something you know we're kind of talking about right now
1: as a as a group is you know, how much of this do we want to be involved in? Um usually this, you know, staff members come to me if they're going to be involved in something. So like let's talk about maybe those professional organizations for their chosen professions, the mm-hmm. AFPs, the uh volunteer managers groups, the public relations groups, those kind mm-hmm. of things. Right. Um those are very obviously to me great for education for them and the networking. Um, and, and, you know, and, and we appreciate those
0: groups. So yeah. for those of you who are representing those groups, don't hate on us. We love you. We appreciate everything that you do for us. Exactly. And I don't have a problem even paying for the monthly luncheon
1: fee, you know, so that they can go and they can learn and, and all that. The one I start to wonder about is the hours that rack up mm-hmm. as you start to assume leadership roles within those organizations, oh. the being on the committee, being asked to be on the board, Yeah. becoming a chair of a
0: committee. Um, at That's been being one of the executive committee members of those things. Right. I was on the board of directors for a local nonprofit professional organization uh for many years, actually. And I had that struggle with the technically mm-hmm. this completely aligns with my job description mm-hmm. and it is helping me become a better professional. Therefore, it's feeding my, you know, my job. But it was to the point where now it wasn't just meetings that were happening once a month. Now Mm -hmm. it was those meetings that I naturally went to membership meetings. Mm -hmm. But also then we had the board meetings Mm -hmm. and then there were the board retreats. And then there were the executive committees that were to the board that went to help to plan the board retreats. (laughs) And it all adds up. And at some point I just had to say, "I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Yeah.
1: And I think that's a danger. And I wonder if that's something that those groups even like 100 percent realize how much of that time they're taking up and how they may be pulling professionals away from what they're actually trying to support sometimes. Right. The other thing that I think is tough sometimes are those networking slash work groups. So your chamber events. Which I
0: love going to chamber events. I I truly, (laughs) truly do. They are always so much fun. They're so engaging. You get to interact with the businesses and not in a way that you're not asking for money. Yeah. Because I feel as nonprofits, (laughs) they see us coming and it's like the theme of Jaws goes Mm -hmm. through their head. And here she comes. She's asking for more money. Exactly. And this is not one of those moments. So I love chamber events for that. I
1: love them too. But again, so as an organization, we're paying for them. just don't (laughs) don't mind paying for it. Right. Right. But how many, you know, three glasses of wine events do you, do you send your employees to? And, you know, how, when Wait, they're serving wine at your chamber
0: events? I need to I readjust we the my, they <laughs> <laughs> go to the evening ones. In the oh. morning, they serve coffee. Oh, that's where I, that's where I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So, but you know, we're a member of three
1: different chambers. So, I mean, we could go our- to a chamber event every day. We have if four we chambers.
0: To. <laughs> we, I can feel that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and where I always, I guess, struggle with this is not just the time creep, but Uh, which hat am I wearing today? Mm -hmm. So I have a hard time saying I'm going to this event. Let's say it's a, a gala, for example. Mm -hmm. And I have a hard time trying to figure out, am I going to this gala because my husband and I are supporting this charity, which may be the case? Mm -hmm. Uh, or am I going to this because I am associated with my organization and therefore I'm working? Mm -hmm. And so I always go back to the who paid for it test. That's Uh, a good one. (laughs) who, Who paid for the ticket? Uh, who paid for the membership who paid for who's who's paying for that my time to be there because mm-hmm. you know and we go back to the if you're salaried there is no separation of time defined per se like yeah. you could always be representing your organization so i guess i just get really confused sometimes in those areas because i want to attend something and i'm like oh that's not a good use of my time well wait i own time too it's called natalie's time so mm-hmm. As the non-profit ninja, I should be able to dice out, you know, those, those personal times where I can go and I can attend that event because I want to, not because the organization, well, the organization didn't pay for it, so now I can't go. No, of course not. I can go. But are they still looking at me as the leader of my organization or are they looking at me as, oh, there's Natalie and her husband. Aren't they a nice, cute couple? And, Look at them doing the you know duck dance on the floor. I don't, I don't know. That's after several glasses of wine. Yeah. So I, I just, I guess I get confused on that. Do you ever have that struggle? I do. Although I've, I've, I'm at the point where I feel like
1: almost anywhere that I go, particularly in our community, like in our our small suburban area, I feel like I'm, I'm closely, it's so closely identified with my organization now that it is hard for me to go somewhere and, and not be identified right with the organization I'm with. Um, so I feel like. Well, what no if matter, you cross the river? If I cross the river, it gets different. Right. So although so many of the organizations I support are closely aligned with our organization. It makes perfect sense. You know, because I've because got come to love them. Absolutely. And-, <laughs>
0: and you have a heart for your mission, which is mm-hmm. why you're working in this organization. And therefore. The organizations, if they align with what your mission is, it makes sense that you yeah. appreciate them and like them want and want to support them.
1: You know, I've got friends in those organizations now, so you you go right. and support your friends and things like that. So that's that's tricky, I think. Yeah. So I I have this feeling that basically I'm always on. Yeah. You know, no matter what, and and that could be maybe a, a special thing for an ED to get to deal with, maybe more than some people. But you know, our marketing people too. I'm thinking of um, somebody that works for one of our local hospices and. You know she volunteers for us, but man, she is so closely aligned to the hospice that I can't imagine her being in any setting where I'm not thinking hospice. Right. So. And that's called
0: very good brand alignment. Very. That's, good. Someone <laughs> has done a good job with that. Whoever that <laughs> professional is, I think fund development and marketing staff sometimes struggle with that as well, especially mm-hmm. if uh, they have both of those roles, those dual roles, because you're constantly looking for relationship building and opportunities for techniques to build that stronger relationship, so that later down you can have that conversation, that tricky conversation about maybe making the first donation to that organization. So yeah. uh, I know that my kids used to play a game growing up. Whenever we go out to eat on how many people does mom have to meet with, talk with, or visit with before <laughs> she actually has dinner with us. And then the rolling joke was whichever kid was closest got free ice cream on the way home. Although sometimes that did or didn't happen, but <laughs> I think it became more of a, a running joke, but here they are now, you know, grown children and they still tease about, well, where can we go that mom doesn't know anybody? Yeah. <laughs> and how crazy it is whenever, you know, we go somewhere and they're like, seriously, we took you 30 miles away from your main area and you still ran to somebody. And uh, it's a blessing to have so many great relationships and contacts because that's how your mission gets built. But it is a kind of a, Hey, I'd like to have dinner with my family tonight. And just for one minute, not beyond. So exactly. I ask myself, is that the sacrifice you make when you decide you want to take the step into nonprofit management? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it speaks to burnout, too. You know, we did a wine-on-one about that a while does. ago. Definitely yes. You know, can you, can you
1: go out to eat without seeing a whole bunch of people that you know? Right. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because I, I honestly enjoy a lot of those relationships I've built. Agreed, agreed. There's a couple that, meh, But <laughs> So
0: do you have any advice for professionals who are out there listening to us and saying, yes, I get invited all the time to be on this committee or that planning committee or this group, or I want to be member of this and there's not enough time in the day. So how do I choose any advice on how you've chosen? So how I've chosen
1: is what, what of those things benefits me the most me as a person most. Okay. So if I, if I'm feeling like I'm overwhelmed with way too many things, what am I, what am I doing that I don't really want to be going to? Mm -hmm. And is it going to really hurt my organization if I stop going to that? Mm -hmm. Often? No right nobody really probably nobody cares um for the most part maybe i can send you know our development director our community outreach coordinator or maybe we just drop out for a while you know um the other thing i think is for employees is really looking at what are you, what are the duties of your job and are those getting done so mm-hmm. if those aren't getting done it's probably time to start thinking about you know should I be doing these things? Mm. Should I drop out of these things? Should I take a step back? Because I think a lot of times we fool ourselves into thinking, you know, we can get into like really high levels of leadership within these organizations and then step back. And I think sometimes you can't. I think people start to rely on you, so it's right.
0: tricky. It is. I had a nonprofit man, manager asked me a question the other day. I saw her at the coffee shop, and she said, "So." I need your advice because she said you're a golfer. And I thought, well, it's good that she thinks I'm a golfer. I think I just chase the ball. And (laughs) once in a while, you know, I get lucky. It goes where I tell it to. But she said, I'm not a golfer. And there are so many golf tournaments. I know that's where a lot of business is made. A lot of relationships are built. I feel like as a nonprofit manager that we are not being represented at some of these great tournaments that can support some great organizations. And so any advice on how I can dip my toe in there. And so we just talked about a few things like obviously she or one member of her staff could volunteer. Mm-hmm. There's always opportunities to volunteer, but even then it gets a little tricky. And so I said, have you ever asked your board members or key volunteers, if they would like to, for $25, you buy them a golf shirt and it has your logo on it and represent you on their behalf. And most of the time yes. they would probably be willing to even donate their own costs to attend, knowing that they're representing that organization. Like that. And She was like, Oh my gosh, I never even thought about that. Cause she said it takes away the problem of the time challenge. I think that was a big piece for her. So she was going to go back and brainstorm with her board members. Cause she had said, I have several board members who love to golf. And Mm -hmm. I said, even if you just sent one or two, most of the time they'd be happy to go knowing that they were, and they probably were going anyway, to be honest, Yeah, but they would be able to represent your organization. They would pay for it. And you could work that out with, with them that they're mutually, then they're representing your organization. I always find if I'm doing that, I want to tell them what's expected of them. Mm-hmm. So if I'm delegating it to a staff or a board member, I will say, I really like you to find someone who can do this, or I'm looking for a contact at this organization and they're hosting in order for us to accomplish this. Or uh, I give them a task in what I'd like to do because then I feel like to them, it gives them purpose as to why they're there. I like Cause that. Because there's nothing more frustrating for me than going to one of these after hours or during hours mm-hmm. activities and just letting life happen to you. Yeah, that can get
1: really frustrating. Having those goals of how many people
0: do I need to talk to? How many conversations do I have to right. have? Are really important. Right. To- and I had a staff member once come back and she's like, I got three business cards from the event I went to last night and one of them's from the company you asked me to. The other two aren't, but you told me to find people that did this and they both do and they really want to talk to you. And it was fantastic. That's perfect. Yeah. And one, <laughs> it developed into a really great partnership. I think they're going to be doing a fundraiser for us. Nice. Right. So she, <laughs> and she felt accomplished, like her time was valued because I sent her and she went and was taking time away from her family. And Mm -hmm. she felt like that she brought value to that relationship. I like it. So I think when it comes back to just evaluating whether or not you want to go to something or do something or send a staff to something or participate, I think it has to come back to, and what I heard you saying is just the value Mm -hmm. of your time. Yep. And it's, if you, if you can't justify it, and you're struggling with that, then I think at that point you might have to reevaluate how that you are able to participate in the activity. Absolutely. I
1: think something else to remember is that organizations change over time. So something that was a good fit might not
0: be a good fit three years later. That's, so that's good. That's a possibility. Yeah. So I think we've run out of time for this episode. We have, but I hope that it helped some of our listeners today as you're going through this
1: challenge. And thank you all of us or all of you for joining us well, on five. One, thanks on the, to us too. Yeah. And thanks to us for all of our, Gosh, we have so much energy, and we have so much knowledge. Absolutely. And
0: you can donate your wine donations (laughs) here anytime to the studio. But in the meantime.
1: In the meantime, thank you for joining us on 501 Crossroads. 501 Crossroads is recorded at the studios of Minds Eye Radio and is produced and hosted by me, Marjorie Moore. And me, Natalie Jablonski. Mike Curtis is our sound engineer. And please go to iTunes, Stitcher, your favorite app, subscribe, leave us some feedback so others can find us. You can find us on Facebook at 501 Crossroads. Thank you for listening. And remember, we're all working towards the same outcomes.